Hey guys, it's Danielle. Just a little pre-note before this week's episode. I recorded it with last week's and it was originally going to be one big episode, but I divvied it up into two parts instead. So I talk about part two on the conservatorship. That's actually going to be part three in next week's episode. So look out for that and enjoy this week's. Bye. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. This week, we're back at it again, and I'm gonna be talking about the Britney memoir. Now this is part two, so if you haven't listened to part one, please give it a listen. And this week, specifically, is gonna be talking about the boys that Britney has dated. Mainly talking about Justin Timberlake and Kevin Federline here. But I just found that these two relationships, I think, are the most impactful, I think, that were in the memoir and that Britney mentioned that I wanna talk about specifically. And in case you haven't listened to last week's yet, I talk about Kevin's last name and I kind of make fun of him a little bit because of how irrelevant he is. So when you hear me talking about the way I Google Kevin to like look him up and to get information on him, I Google Brittany's name and I go to her Wikipedia page and I go under ex-spouses and then I click on his name because I can't fully remember, nor do I know how to spell his last name. And to be honest, I don't want to waste that brain space for me. So. If, in case you want to know how fucking irrelevant he is in just in general, that's it. In fact, you can't even like just look up Britney Spears and his name like comes up under recommended searches unless you've done it before because it doesn't even come up then. So he literally is a, bl- a blippling of a human being. But that's all. Those are all my notes. I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. And with that, we're going to start part two right here. We're going to start off. But I talking about just some common themes really quick with Britney's dating history, all right? And I'm talking about two very similar men in general, all right? Talked about Kevin a little bit earlier, but I'm going to get a little bit more detailed into him. I'm also going to be talking about Justin fucking Timberlake. Now, as we, now, Britney's father, as we know, is a fucking narcissist. He's an alcoholic, narcissistic father. And being the daughter of a narcissist myself, I've seen some common themes in the way Britney has dated men that I have also done the same in. So I'm also guilty of this. I've had a Justin, not proud of it, but we get through it. And some of the things I want to keep in mind when daughters of narcissistic fathers are used to having this father figure, that's not reliable. We're not depending on them for love or attention. We know that their emotions, that their opinions are prioritized over our own. So there's no like idea of what standards we set for ourselves, what idea of how we should be treated. We just know how to take care of the needs of our narcissistic father figure. And in relationships, that's the what we look for because that's what's familiar to us. And when we're dating, just like anything, we go to what's familiar and what's what we're used to because we don't know what's healthy. Again, when you're brought up in the reality of your family dynamic, that's what you view as your normal. Even if it's toxic, that's why we don't know sometimes where we grow up in abusive situations because we don't know what abuse is if we're living in it. We don't know what a non-abusive home is if that's all we're familiar with. So Brittany growing up with this dynamic of even knowing that this wasn't a healthy situation, you could only hope that you can get better for yourself. But what's better when your normal is abuse and taking that next step up it does feel better it does feel like well this person does care about me this person will take care of me this person isn't going to hurt me 
it's taken to it's just confusing because you know it's not what it was but it's also not what it should be so it's like again like i it's like breaking it's like trying to make sense of trying to understand what you deserve when you're constantly being told why you don't deserve it by the person you love and of course looking for comfort in the chaos which happens with unfamiliar uh, un, oh, excuse me which happens with unstable love in your family again cuz it's that chaotic love that chaotic like burst of what's going to go wrong right it's like what you're always anticipating is for the rug to get pulled out from under your feet so you're going to look for someone that's gonna pull it out from under you you're not going to look for someone where you're just constantly going to feel on alert because when you're constantly on alert, you're never going to feel at ease. So it's almost like you want something to happen to so you can be at ease again. But when you're with someone that's normal, that's not going to pull the rug out for under you, it may feel weird, inconsistent, scary even. Because it's like something's going to happen and it hasn't happened yet and I don't like that. And it's like you're more anxious even. So that's at least with my experience and like how I felt about relationships in the past is like looking for people almost who kind of reassure my nerves so because I'm like oh I know what to expect with them like I'm familiar with this and it's like validating my trauma even more which is not healthy that's why I'm saying let's be aware of these situations now so we could see these patterns when we move forward it's how we get better in life right we can only do better now some of the bigger balls that were dropped in Brittany's memoir were of course the fact that she was pregnant with Justin Timberlake's child and the whole drama that kind of exposed the truth behind their breakup now again, I am not familiar with what was going on at the time of Brittany and Justin dating. I was just a mere child then, so I didn't give a fuck. Now looking back, it's very interesting to see like, I feel like now like as an adult going through similar things like just being human, like breaking up, having problems with your parents, having problems with authority, like this is just shit that's part of life, but the uh, level that Brittany was exposed to this and the level that she was abused to it because of publicity and because of media it hit this like bigger impact on her like yes this is her going through a breakup but this is also her going through a breakup not only with her significant other but that the world is like taking his side for so keep in mind when britney was pregnant with justin's child he didn't want to have the kid and britney got the abortion but because it was because for privacy reasons, she's one of the biggest celebrities, so is he, and they're together. If word of them were pregnant got out, it was crucial for them to keep this pregnancy a secret. So that's why they chose to terminate it in privacy. And the amount of pain that Brittany goes in depth discussing on what it felt like to go through that at-home abortion. And Justin fucking Timberlake sings her a song to make it better. Now... If you, uh, just period cramps, let's imagine period cramps. Why the fuck would you want anyone to serenade you to make it go away? Especially when it's this motherfucker's fault for the reason why, like, you're in pain right now. Like, uh, like seeing the dynamic of that relationship, Justin was a fucking child and Brittany was so in love. And the way that their relationship's been mocked up, it's like this very young, in love kind of scenario. But this is an adult relationship. Like, they were living together. They had a house together. And they were just two huge celebrities at the time that were trying to balance their work and life with their personal at-home life. That, from Brittany's standpoint, absolutely genuine. From Justin's, I don't know. 
and maybe that, and that's like with all guys because guys don't fucking know we you know as girls we experience this all the time with our own dating life and we're not multi-level celebrities or dealers whatever the fuck it is like we're just people and we know what it's like to date shitty men and Brittany knows what it's like to date shitty men we just happen to know the names of these shitty men because they're celebrities they're we look up to we admire but really quick I do want to take this as an opportunity to rep little me who never fucking liked Justin Timberlake for unknown reasons. I don't know if anyone else was like this as a kid, but I would just get like a vibe of a person or a celebrity and just say I hate them, but like mean it. And I stick by it to this day too for most of them. Justin Timberlake was in fact one of these celebrities. Purely for this one reason, that song Bringing Sexy Back that he came out with, when I looked him up, I want to know who was bringing sexy back. I wanted to see the man who was bringing sexy back and it looked like that. This ramen noodle headed motherfucker is who was bringing sexy back. I I looked for the receipts. I went back. I saw him in NSYNC. I knew what he looked like. It just kept getting fucking worse. So Lisa said that was not my genre of men that I was going to be interested. But it also showed that guys really just do be saying shit and think they're the shit. Because to guys, it's like you're not hot because you think you look hot. You think hot is like an attitude or some shit. And it's not. You're just acting hot based on what you think other guys think is hot. So again, it's really just like the boys trying to impress the boys here. They're just dressing for the male gaze, especially this era of Justin Timberlake. I think I saw something where he wanted to be called like J-Dog or T-Dog or something. Defout. Disgusting. I, When a white man wants to like start acting like that, that is when I draw the line. That is when we got to like really start doing some soul search in there and be like, what are you lacking inside, buddy? to make you feel like you have to appropriate someone else's culture in the worst fucking way. Anyways, moving on. All to all, I do believe that Brittany loved Justin deeply. So obviously this breakup was so hurtful to her. And on top of that, the loss of having a child, and we see that with her music video in Every Time, which hits completely differently than when she came out, where the video kind of shows like almost like a suicide attempt with Britney in a bathtub where there's almost this juxtaposition with a baby being born and it's almost like this balance of birth and death and life and death and kind of just rejuvenation again is kind of the message that was taken away but now that we have context of Britney's story of the pregnancy of what was actually going on during this time of lull almost where the breakup was going on where the pregnancy just happened but no one knew about the pregnancy and now just to put all the pieces together Justin is capitalizing off of the breakup, off of Britney's pain. He did a little switcheroo, and now he's playing the victim. Even though we clearly know the truth of how this all pan- Anyways, years later, I'm just glad Britney got her karma and like, can speak her truth about this now. But therefore, we gotta talk about it. Because when the breakup happened, first of all, via text, Justin broke up with Britney via text of one of her music videos. I can't think of which one it was, but obviously she fucking killed this. You would never have guessed that that girl just got broken up with, with her, what would have been baby daddy. We've never fucking guessed it because Britney can put on a performance. We know it. She can kill a performance. This girl needs a fucking hug. That's all she needs now. So yeah, she gets broken up with via text, puts on a stellar performance of her, this music video. And then it, has to mourn it, has to mourn, has to grieve the loss of what would have been her family. Because think, this is like her boyfriend. This is the person she's in love with. This is the person that she also 
would have had a family with if he was on board with it. Because she says in her memoir that she was ready to have a family, that she wanted to have the baby, that the termination wasn't really her decision. But it was a decision she made for her and Justin and the child in the future of that child. As a kid, not having parents that were present in my life, even having the absence of one parent makes you question your identity as that kid growing up. And you're constantly going to make to think that it's something wrong with you. So had Brittany making the choice to terminate it rather than to continue on with just being a single mom, which I'm sure she's gotten that comment for a God knows how many times, but she's a fucking person. And it's unfair to the kid to grow up with one parent. When, uh, despite how amazing of a mom Brittany would have been, that question of why am I not good enough for my dad will always linger for that kid because Justin would never show up to be the dad that that kid would have needed. And to be honest, I still don't think he does. I don't know if he has kids or not, but to be honest, that probably was the best decision for him at the time. And he was a fucking coward for doing it the way he did. But I'm glad he had the balls enough to like say, like, I don't want the kid. And I think I'm even giving him too much credit for that. So not only is she mourning the loss of, like, her baby daddy would have been, like, her future family almost, but she is also going through this breakup with Justin's family, where Brittany says losing his family felt more painful to her. And there's a quote she says about her mom even saying that, like, talking about where she's saying the loss of his family was even harder for her to get through because with her time with Justin and all their, all their history, because even going back to when they were killed, kids were Brittany, part of the Mickey Mouse Club with Justin Timberlake, they formed a family where their families got to know each other. And it, from my understanding, Brittany started developing this relationship with Justin's family that's kind of more normal, healthier than the relationship she had with her own family. And this is the most relatable thing that I don't think is talked about enough during breakups, especially with girls, where... I think it's more normalized for us to be kind of looked over in our own family, especially if we have brothers or other siblings that kind of shine out over us, where we're not made to feel like the favorite child. We do feel overlooked. We do feel overshadowed, where it is normal for us to not get 100% or even 80% of our parents' love and attention. So we kind of learn how to make up for that in other areas, and we kind of learn how to get it from other places, and relationships are one of those places, and especially from my relationships too like I have always made it a point that I really want to get along with my partner's parents or mom especially because I never had that close relationship with my mother and one of my first relationships I am still extremely close to my ex's mom which I know that sounds fucked up but it's getting that motherly love and that motherly advice those motherly words of comfort even that you want to hear from your own mom that you crave to hear from your own mom but you're just constantly being disappointed. You're constantly being let down. You're constantly being told the exact opposite of what you need to hear in a moment when you're hurting. And like the best way I can explain it is when you want someone to take away your pain by just like talking to them, by them hugging you or by them just saying things that will just make whatever is bothering you hurt less. My mom will feel like she's twisting the knife and making it hurt more on what I could have done more on what I did wrong and pointing out the flaws instead of just comforting me and accepting me as her daughter and doing what I did out of love and acceptance, out of comfort, out of, I know this hurts, but I'm here to help you get better. And instead, that's what I got from my ex's moms, especially. In fact, even this past Christmas where I was having a really hard time, I was supposed to be going back to visit my family for the holidays in New Mexico. Full honesty, I was ready to skip my flight. I was fully ready to like say I missed my flight and not even try to get to the airport 
and I called her and I explained to her what, what was going on. I didn't know what to do. And I was just, I was just scared. I was just nervous. I was feeling all these emotions and she has always, I've known her since I was like 13. I'm 26 now. And I have always like kind of had her at, at like my back pocket. Just be like, I know, I know this is weird. I know this is fucked up, but I just don't know who else to call. And I feel so guilty doing this. Cause like, to me, I'm the girl that similarly broke her son's heart. I'm also the girl that's calling her for help because I'm still sad about it. And she's still been able to show up for me like, um, like, like a mother figure, like an aunt almost, where it's like she's able to remove herself from being his mom for a little bit and help me knowing I need that. And whether this was the same for Brittany with how her, his family, how Justin's family was with her, I don't know. But I understand what it's like to lose that support and lose the closest thing you've had to a family because of an unhealthy relationship. And it's at the expense of this unhealthy person, this unhealthy man that it's like, that makes you think like, well, is it worth just like putting, like pushing through and like overlooking all these other flaws? Because Brittany talks about how Justin cheated on her multiple times, which was used against her when she one off had like cheated on him. You can read it for yourself on if you consider this cheating or if you consider this a point where you could move past with your partner. But the one time Brittany, what Brittany did was use against her as the fault of the entire relationship. That has been the single cause to blame for everything. For her to feel the weight of, to her to feel the pressure of, I do deserve this. And not even having like anyone to talk to, not even having what you thought was the closest thing you could have to a family to rely on again. It's all taken away. And my heart goes, and I do want to like go out, my heart does go out for every girl that has think thought that they could ever make this toxic, fucked up relationship work with a man because you had such a connection with this family and because you thought you found your chosen family could be this guy's family, even though you know you deserve better than what this man is treating you to be. And that's exactly what Brittany, I, 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 that's what I would have wanted to tell Brittany here is, this girl needed a family. She needs a family to love her and to support her. And having Justin to be this person that she thinks is the love of her life, which again, I, that is something that you look for too when you have these unhealthy relationships with your parents is looking for similarities in people that have the common behaviors you're familiar to with your parents, like comfort in the chaos. I, ta- I have another episode where I talk about being the daughter of a narcissistic father and I have uh, a video pinned to my TikTok about it as well, where I talk about things I've observed about my personality, observed about my life that are just simple effects of being the daughter of a narcissist and falling and realizing how I've molded myself to fit these roles based on these on misogynistic values because my dad was a narcissist because his behaviors and his actions were so abrupt were so loud it was my life was kind of just trying to conform myself a way to minimize these outbursts to minimize these problems so there was more love in the family there was more there was like less anger and more love is kind of how I felt and similarly with like kind of I think where kids like almost think they could take the pressure off work of take the pressure off money off chores of whatever stress is having on their parents relationship that they could take it on take on the burden to make it better so that there's more time for love in the family 
And I think this is a very common pattern, especially with girls, because girls, we're, me- we're just taught to fix problems before problems become problems. So having to know how to resolve a problem without even being told to, it's almost ingrained with you as a child to know that that's the expectation you have, especially like when your parents are low emotionally intelligent, where they don't know how to communicate the issues. They don't know how to communicate what's healthy, how to communicate what needs to be done for the sake of the children. It's just what's happening and we're all just trying to deal with it the way they were taught to with their own parents. And we can kind of see and understand based on our own experience with this too on how that generational trauma, that generational pain is passed down. Because what it teaches us is it's teaching kids to know there's a problem, but to not say anything, but to deal and to cope with that problem around it and to accommodate it and to accommodate the parent and the person that the problem is associated with instead of, talking to the person directly about, hey, what's going on? It's like, this person's bad. This person's being fearful. So we have to fear this person and work around them because it is scary to deal with a narcissist. It is scary to deal with a drug addict, an alcoholic, anyone that has those loud outbursts that do center around addiction, I feel like a lot of the times because it is that hardwiring where, again, like you can listen to my last episode too where I do talk about addiction a lot and talk about what that can feel like and literally just so many of my episodes if you listen to going back about addiction about childhood trauma like you could probably find a pattern in that can hit a pinpoint on why children of addicts of why children of people with substance abuse cope the way they do and how they kind of mirror those relationships within their own life and Brittany I think is doing just the same with Justin where it is that uncertainty it is that instability with love and care that she's getting but the love is still enough that it feels good to her where she thinks this is the love. And again, that quote from Perks of Being a Wildflower, we accept the love we think we deserve. And that's what Brittany is doing with Justin here. And until they broke up, until she's been able to take that time for herself and grow from it, that breakup is, I think that is why like we feel breakup so intensely is when we break up, it's like we're reopening and almost hurting an inner childhood wound that we've had that we've been holding onto that we haven't healed through it's causing it to be so much deeper just causing a new trauma to it that we have to learn through yet Brittany talks about after the breakup she needed a, a little break and to take a breather for herself so she goes back home to Kenwood Louisiana where she does talk about feeling like Benjamin Button of the story of this be of this man who kind of regresses back in time through living back in Kenwood Louisiana and to put in perspective This is Brittany's hometown. She's living in the house she bought for her family where her little sister, Jamie Lynn, lives with her mother and around everything that reminds her of this past, of what it was like to survive with an alcoholic, narcissistic father in an abusive household. So this is the environment grown Brittany, grown pop sensation Brittany is coming back to where her family doesn't view her as this pop sensation, where her sister doesn't look at her as being this icon to every girl in the world where her father and her mother aren't viewing her as a successful daughter with so much talent and just needs to come home for a break because she's been through so much heartbreak it's britney's back britney the performer britney the dancer is back britney's back and now she's a heartbreak and oh poor her it's they don't treat her with this look that this is their daughter they treat her with this 
identity that she is Britney Spears, the pop sensation. Now thinking that she could come home and be just like everyone else in little Kentwood, Louisiana. And there's almost like this tone where her family kind of says, they, at least this is like what I've observed through interviews that I've seen as, um, like there's, they're almost like think they're better than her because they stayed in Kentwood. They stayed in this small town. They stayed true to this like small town, small life mindset of, which I don't know. I feel like a lot of parents kind of put that on their kids when they want to move out. They want to do something better. It's like they pressure you to stay into like this small minded way of thinking because it's what they grew up with. It's what the parents are comfortable with. And the fact that you, they could have kids or have kids that want to go to the big city or go do big things in the world, like it scares them because they don't know how to protect them outside of that. And so I think like going home, they they do like view Britney as like this outsider who, despite the success, despite the fame she's had for herself, yes, of course, they're going to take the benefits of it financially, but they don't look at her as anything other than a cash cow, other than this person that like they do feel entitled off of because as narcissists they view as an extension of her which we see a lot in the conservatorship which i'm gonna have to do a part two because i know i've already gone so much long over this but they're capitalizing off of britney and the fact that they that now she's home now she's at home looking for this love looking for the support because she's been hurt by the breakup she's going back to the place where they've always looked to her to be a cash cow and they literally, I feel like, have the inability to view Brittany as their daughter, as a human being. So therefore, she's going to go back into those same habits she does, a child of trying to earn that love again, again, or feeling the same way she did as a kid of inv feeling invisible, feeling like you have to earn love, or learning how to maneuver your role in the household again. Because again, when you grow up with parents with low emotional intelligence, there is no communication on what you feel like you're supposed to be doing to earn love. Because first of all, love is unconditional. So if something is wrong in a household dynamic, that needs to be communicated with the family to understand what the problem is so we can understand what it, how to resolve it and put that balance back in place. In low emotionally intelligent families, there is no communication. It is just assumed of what is going on. And as kids who want love, who seek love out, we're looking on how to get love in those places. And even as grown children, if we're never taught how to communicate our needs of love, we're never going to know how to ask for it. So we're always just going to be looking at it or telling ourselves that we don't need it. And that's what Brittany is doing here and going back to Kentwood and going back into her family, looking for the love from hurting from the breakup. And she's asking the people who have always hurt her, who have never met that same level of love she needed. And we're all, and this is no shame. Because I still do this to this day. It's something I'm still learning how to do. Because you're used to going to your family and asking them for love and being hurt because you didn't get it. And just having to know that, well, I asked for this. I knew better. It, but it's like you know better, but you still just like hope that maybe this is the time they could see you for a human being. And they could be there for you. And they could all of a sudden just know what to say to make everything better. And it's like you just hold on to that hope because this is what family's supposed to be. And if this is my family, then maybe they could do this for me. Because if I'm doing all of this for them, maybe they could do this one thing for me. And it's just how you get let down time and time again. So this Benjamin Butt, like, and I felt like this too when I was living with my parents when, over COVID and after my graduation where I was like, I'm in my 20s. Why am I feeling like I'm like 13 again? 
And that's kind of also what kind of gave me the kick in the butt that made me like, I need to get a job. I need to move out. I need to get the fuck away from them. Because it does. It makes you feel like that they do have that control if you feel like you're trying to get something from them. Whether it be love, support, whatever it may be. In addition to the breakup, while Brittany says, heartbroken and comatose in Louisiana, Justin Timberlake had his music career launch off with the song Cry Me a River. This is a song that he came out with to kind of shame Britney, you know, while she's like coping from the trauma of an at-home abortion, of a serious relationship that ended via text, and that is under scope of the entire world. And this motherfucker comes out with a, sh- a shitty song, mind you. And I know, that's my opinion, but this is also my podcast, and that's, I'd say the song is shitty. So the song Cry Me a River that has the same emotional depth i wrote as the fake tears he dropped in his eyes to make the shit music video with fake britney in it and not only does he lie about the relationship and like i said before britney did say that she there was a time where she did cheat on justin timberlake out of the at least 12 times he's cheated on her though like she and she's known about this so i do feel like it's very fair that she's pointing it out now where she's like no like yeah He did cheat on me all these times because she didn't make a fuss about it like he did. He made a whole ass music video accusing her of breaking his heart when he had no problem cheating on her. God knows how many times. But he came out with this shit ass music video of him crying in a fountain over a lookalike Britney. So Britney comes back into the media spotlight and basically kind of discovers that she's painted out to be this bitch and that broke Justin's heart. And we all saw that one interview that she did that ripped the poor girl to shreds. Like, oh my God, that woman did that interview with Brittany as a special place in hell reserved for her. So when Brittany comes out, she's basically painted to be the, the villain in the breakup with now poor Justin. Now he's so heartbroken. What the fuck did Brittany do to her, him? It's like, are you fucking for real right now? Now you're going to come and cry wolf? At this point, I feel like Brittany was just at this time where she's like, I'm done. Like, I've been through so much and there's literally nothing I could do or say right because people are just going to lie. And that's the point of fame. And that's like literally the point of being a girl. I feel like is you could be as nice, as polite, as honest as you want to be. And it will just never be good enough. So why am I going to put my heart at risk like that? And you could see just how done Brittany is with all of this of being hurt of being abused of just trying to do the right thing for so long and it just never being good enough even for the closest people to you when britney came out with every time she absolutely ate with that shit and i hope that video haunts justin timberlake to this fucking day because if you think about it other than the people who were with her during the time of the abortion of that pregnancy who else would have known that this was about what she went through so I hope you saw that music video. I hope to God it fucking haunts that motherfucker to this day. And again, I know he's come out with loose apologies to this day, but to me, I, that man to me is never honest. He will never be honest to me. We At the end of the day, I'm a girl's girl. I'm gonna side with the girls and everyone should too. If you're a girl and you side with the girls, because this is the lying shit all the fake men be saying. The apologies Justin's coming out with, I could see if like I became famous one day and wrote a book about all the shit my ex did to me. He'd come out with a fucking apology out of the woodworks, too, about how much he cared about me, how fucked up he was, how much he needed to go to rehab, how much how much in the wrong he was. 
yeah, hippies might be on all that shit too. I, I bet it. Because they want the fame. They want to cover their ass. They don't give a shit about the girl at the end of the day. They don't care about my heart. They don't care about Britney's heart. They care about their reputation. They care about their ego. Just the same way they did the reason why they came out with that stuff at the end of the day. And I'm not saying all guys do that, but the difference with men and women, I think, and again, not confining to gender, whatever energy you, however you identify, girls want to love. Girls are far more emotional. Girls, like, have that, like, I just want to, like, love to feel good. Like, I don't want to narrative with anything. I don't want this for my ego or anything. Versus guys do. Guys want bitches. They want the storyline. They want the drama. Because that's what's better for their boys to sound. So when I hear shit about, like, oh, like, who did what to who about who hurt who. And, like, even when I look back at my own relationships, I'm always thinking, I'm like, well, how am I being made out to be? When I gotta take a step back for myself and be like, well, what were my actual intentions? Because who the fuck cares what I, what they think my intentions were? When I know my intentions are true, I can stand by that. And I can stand by that because that's what I'm living by. And that's what I'm carrying my life through. That's what I'm, what, that's what energy I'm bringing to the table. So if that's not going to be reflected back to me, that's on you. And I'm putting that good karma out for myself. Because if you put bad karma out, if you put bad karma out to play games, you're going to get that in return. All right? And, like, I, girls, we all know, we, we've all had a whole girl phase. We all know if we want to be a whole girl, we put that energy out. We know how easy it is to get in return. But when the boys want to start acting like we're in a relationship and you're going to be treating them like hoes, no, that's not how it works. But you see how it's reciprocated when you put one energy out, how it's matched. And we're all about matching energies, especially when it's dating. And that's why I'm all about matching energies when I talk about dating. But especially if you want to date to get in a relationship, like put that energy out like you're a girly, you want to be in a relationship. And if you're not going to attract that shit, then don't be playing with the fucker who's just looking for, to get a booty call at 2 a.m. So... Moving on, because this the next guy is exactly what Brittany wanted for her future. Because she wanted a partner. Instead, she got Kevin Federline. Y'all, I said it earlier a little bit about my dislike for this man. But at the end of the day, he did give Brittany that comfort she was looking for. And the heartbreak she endured from the relationship with Justin, I feel like she was still looking for. So finding a guy that she was able to have a good time with, have a connection with, and got her to get settled down so quickly, like, Brittany was ready to settle down and have family time and have a life. And Kevin gave it to her. They got pregnant very quickly. She had back-to-back pregnancies with both of her boys, Sean and Jaden. And that's not the only back-to-back pregnancy Kevin surprised her with, because while they were still dating... Brittany writes that he was, that his baby mama from his first baby was currently pregnant with his second child. Yeah. So, a lot of people accuse Kevin of being a clout chaser because throughout their memoir, it clearly shows this pattern of Kevin trying to have his music career launch. Now, if you do make it to actually search Kevin's full name, try to find a hint, an inkling of his music career after that. Because this shit, it should not have any media to it. Because it is not good. It's not good. To save you all from Googling it, 
It's like an off-brand vanilla ice. Like, if you went to Walmart and you found the Walmart version of vanilla ice, and you said this could do it, and if you don't know who vanilla ice is, that's my point exactly. Because that is the closest reference point I could compare this man's music hobby to. In fact, if you do want to Google it, Brittany introduces him at some award showers while she's pregnant. And it's and if this doesn't just give the most, I'm here to support my man. Like the, she's just a girl who's showing up for the for her man, for her baby's daddy. That's who she is. Because this crowd was silent. But look up Britney introducing Kevin Federline's music and just watch that because we all want to support our queen too. But he also did a commercial, a fast food commercial, I think, for Jack in the Box. That's essentially him making fun of himself. And Britney puts on her memoir as well. Because we see throughout the course of their relationship, throughout the course of her pregnancy with his children, Kevin has put his family at the backseat to make his music career and his studio time with the boys his number one. And obviously we know this time period, music with the boys, like that kind of genre of guys, like it's all about that fuck bitches get money type mindset. And that's exactly what Kevin thought he was doing at this time. When really he was fumbling with the number one bitch, Brittany, the whole fucking time. Oh, hang on, wait, I have one more note. I forgot that Kevin's music name is K-Fed. In case anyone wanted to know that, that is what he went by. So you really can get an idea of how, what this man is like. So K-Fed essentially sold Britney out by making her end this relationship. Because K-Fed was spending so much time in the studio, so much time making his music career. Because it was so fucking successful, guys. And Britney was just so tired of being constantly let down and constantly mistreated by this man. That her lawyers advised that she filed the divorce papers because he wasn't going to and it kind of manipulated it too because if she filed the divorce papers then the media can paint her being the villain and ending the relationship and making pain and being the reason why their small new little family is coming to an end is the way she put it in her memoir which is entirely true because if you're the one that's going to file for the divorce papers if you're the one that is taking that initiative the media is going to paint you out as the bad guy no matter who, how it is, because misogyny teaches us that men are not at fault, that men are accepted to cheat, are expected to cheat and to fuck up, and especially men in music, if anything. So the fact that Britney is married to a man who's not even in music, but trying to make music, but has the benefits of pop sensation Britney Spears. So yeah, he can come off like a big-time musician because he has the benefits of a big-time musician, but it's not him. So he's coming off. He can live like this, right? He's not actually doing shit. But he is being painted off to be the musician that is trying to put his career for first, and his wife, Britney Spears, has had enough of it. So Britney is now look, made to look like, like she's the pop sensation, that should just be prioritizing motherhood at this time. Instead, she's ending her relationship because her husband is just trying to make his music take off. And it's like, well, Brittany, what did you expect? Like, this is what your man is going to do. And there's no support. There's no sisterhood in the way Brit what Brittany's going through. The way that she is, pre like, she's back-to-back -back pregnancies. She's dealing with what now she knows as postpartum depression. And it's just so sad all of this stuff that she has had to go through, all of this weight that she has had to bear, 
completely alone and not even having the love and support of the people that we take for granted in our lives, of our parents, our moms, our siblings, our partners. These are people who have proven to Brittany time and time again that these are just people that are made to let her down. Because as we could see right now, the end of Brittany's marriage with Kevin kind of just shows how much it literally does feel like Brittany has to have her back against the wall because everyone in her life up until this point has proved that she cannot trust them. And the only people she can trust are literally her children who are being used against her. So I'm going to end it there. But I'm going to talk to y'all next week and we'll dive more into her parents and the conservatorship and Britney's family a little bit more and the messiness and the chaos that kind of comes around that. As for this week, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of Britney's memoir, The Woman in Me. This is part one again. And I just want to talk about putting light as basically being a woman in a misogynistic world. And I think Britney's image paints that just perfectly. So I'm going to cap it right here. But I'll talk to y'all next week. If you haven't yet, give me a follow on TikTok and Instagram. I'll link both my my socials below. And if you love this podcast, please give me a five-star rating. And let me know what other episodes you'd like to see in the comments below. And I'll talk to you all next week. Love you all so much. Bye.